Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of The Dumb Will Speak. I'm Roy. I'm Jalen. We want to welcome you all to our year-end celebration. I don't know if you want to call it that or not, but it's our uh, end-of-the-year catch-up. Um, belated Merry Christmas to everyone. We were unable to record. As you know, I, I left that little message to everybody a week or so ago saying we wouldn't be able to record. But as we record this, it is uh, the morning of New Year's Eve. So uh, by the Actually time every- is, yeah, by the time everybody hears this, it'll be a time to say Happy New Year, ring out 2021, bring in 2022. I, for one, am hoping and praying for a better year. Uh, I'm sure you are as well. Uh, all the chaos in the world just gets old after a while. It, it's a little depressing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, it, it's. Uh, I was reading this morning before we actually started talking. I think it was on one of the news stations or whatever, one of the national news stations. Just the inflation. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... The inflation is ridiculous. I mean, what we're having to pay for. I mean, we were talking about our grocery bill the other day. We typically were spending $150, $200. I mean, with two kids in the house a week. I think it was $150, and now it's close to 230 for exactly the same thing. I mean, that's how much it's went up it a is, week. It is insane. It is insane. So, gas. Oh, everything. yeah. I mean, so, and I don't know if you've read much, but there's no projection to when it's going to end nope. that's the sad thing i was going to say there's no end in sight um how was your uh christmas holidays with the family it was really good uh tickled to death that my family was here uh as you alluded to in the catch-up episode basically letting people know what's going on we were not we but our area was struck you were just missed oh yeah um uh, by ef4 tornado that was on the ground for some 150 to 200 miles from Arkansas all the way just outside of Louisville, Kentucky, and it tore within 100 miles um, and completely demolished a family member of mine's house, and they were in their basement, and yeah. um, just thankful everybody's alive and well. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got so much to be thankful for. Um, there's, it's It's hard to even describe what it looks like it's almost as if a bomb it looks like world war post-world war ii photos of parts of germany and and france and and central europe uh after the allies were done bombing it where it just laid it to waste it's kind of what the town that i live next to i'm about just what four or five miles outside of a town that was practically leveled sure. was practically leveled on one yeah, whole that side of that town yeah yeah i'd say at least uh at least 40 percent of the people lost their homes that's that's scary that is scary. And I know people personally who passed away from it. I also know others who lost their homes. Some have been relocated. Some have had to move out of state to be with family at this time. They were elderly, things of that nature. But then you've got this little patch where I live and where some other friends of ours live just a couple of miles away where there's like, we were just on a little narrow gate where it did not, the tornado did not touch us. I mean, touch us. The wind knocked some limbs down in my yard. I got those out within a few days and it, um, it did apparently, and I didn't even notice it until a couple of days later, but it ripped some siding off my house. I didn't even realize that. So there's that. And then it, um, of course my basement flooded. That's the worst part. Cause we can't record in the house now because of the basement. I'm recording in the dining room upstairs where we used to record. So that it's kind of echoey and that's going to reflect in the sound. I'm sure. Uh, and we're doing this remote by video chat, which is kind of awesome. This is the second time we've done it. I think we fixed our sound a little though. I think it's going to be better this time. Yeah, I got 
increase the internet or it, I'm sorry, fix the internet problem. We, we added some boosters and some things and, um, it's a, a video that you're seeing, which everybody's not, I'm sure is night and day different, not glitching. Oh, not totally different. Yeah. No lag and stuff. Uh, you look like yourself. <laughs> yeah. And before I would be five minutes behind and then I would eventually move and catch up really quick like a robot. Yeah. It was a, like a poorly dubbed, uh, uh, Kung Fu movie. <laughs> Your lips would be moving. <laughs> and then a minute later I hear, I'm just writing whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 and so, but it didn't reflect in the audio, but it was no, kind of funny in, no. in the video section. Now we so. had some lower volume because I didn't have it. I really didn't have it plugged in right, I think. So, but now Trial we, we did our little test. Actually, the day the tornado hit that night around, I don't know, 10 something at night or 11, something like that at night. But what? that afternoon around three or four, we got together by video chat and decided that the, the version we were using before wasn't working as well as the one we're using now. Sure. We're using a different well, type of video I, call. And you said the tornado. How many did we have that day in our area? I think there were six or eight in our area alone. It was, it was, and it was a mess. Within a five hour span? I was going to say, there was earlier storms. Uh, some started within an hour or two after we uh, stopped talking on the phone, uh, or, or video, I should say, internet. And then... Uh, it went on, off and on until, was it one or two oh, in the morning? Midnight, yeah, I was going to say midnight at least. Yeah. I didn't go to sleep till about 3 a.m. I tried, but I I, we were, I I couldn't sleep good. And then around 3 a.m., I finally stayed asleep for about three hours, and I was awakened by my kids beating on the door. They, they had spent the night trying to get to us. <laughs> well, yeah, because we actually had two family members involved, one directly right. in the path, one on the... I mean, when I say the very fringe of it, I mean, her her house is okay, repairable. The house across the street that she was in the basement of is destroyed. I mean, it's going to have to be torn down. All the windows blew out. Everything blew out. So she um, sought, sought shelter in the neighbor's house in the basement, and the house above the basement was destroyed? It, it was it was still intact, but all the windows were blew out. The walls were, you know, the, the outside walls were up, but, you know, there were some... Uh, it's not salvageable, nothing at all. Oh, I mean, that's sad. That's bad. And then the house next to her on the same side of the road is gone. I mean, it was tucked down to the subfloor. I mean, and those people are in that little stretch of area where those two family members were. I don't know how anybody didn't die. I mean, because it just leveled them. We know my wife was discussing that God in his good grace left certain things available that the, the, the neighborhood would need. Uh, she works at a pharmacy, was left intact. The grocery store next door left intact. Um, another general store that has a full full gas station left intact. Uh, a dollar store for people to do some minor shopping left intact. Um, just um, just the necessities. Uh, the clinic was damaged. The local clinic was damaged, but the mobile clinic was able to set up. And so my physician who who works there is is still employed, and everything. And people are still getting help. We've had. Uh, the Billy Graham Ministries, Samaritan's Purse, Franklin Graham. We've had um, American Red Cross. We've had FEMA from the federal government. We've had state agencies. We've had people from Missouri uh, come here. Uh, some Baptist missions from Missouri have come here. We've had people from all over the country come out here. They they have brought food to people, clothing. They're setting up uh, temporary shelters for people. It's been really amazing to watch people organize and help each other. 
at our local church, we there was housed people from as far as Wisconsin who came here to help. Yeah, uh, just to clean up with skid steers and and equipment to be able to move stuff. It's you know to see the outpouring of support nationally has been astounding. We've had people drive in from, I believe, Maryland to bring supplies, man loads of supplies. And, and we're to the point, and, you, and you, you hate to say this because this is a year-long rebuild process. Now. Yeah, yeah, at least. Uh, it's actually, it's, it's probably going to be a lifelong rebuild project because the little school in the town you are at, that's a little town school. And we actually had a conversation the other day with somebody that, if those people in that town leave, which some of them will, because there's no, it's there's no jobs. People just if they live there, they're typically from there. Yeah. If you they know, have they, to relocate, there's nothing to bring them back. There's not enough economic base to, uh, to yeah. bring them back, and that will affect the local schools, which is an independent school system. So it's not. Yeah, it's so not part of the the and county they get or state paid per student. Yeah, and they get paid per student. So if they start losing students, that school essentially may be non-existent. Yeah. Um, in the very, very near future. And, and it's a, it's so, a unique school because it's K through 12 system all in one campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, when people are listening to this, if you're not from here, keep in mind, we listen to, we, we live in rural areas to where the school where my children go, um, K, we have one school in the whole County that we live. Uh, no, we have, that's actually a fib. We have two. Um, but both of them are either K through eight or K through 12. Yeah. And they're all housed in one building. I mean, we live in a very rural part of the country. Um, and and so now where I live in the county that I live in, uh, which is, I guess, adjacent to the county you live in, there Mm -hmm. are, there are multiple high schools and, and junior highs, middle school, I think they call it here, as well as elementaries. But they're in the different towns. They're in the larger towns. I live in a and very small schools. town. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they're, you know, and this isn't. This is a very small town with its own independent school system. It's, it's kind of weird. It, it's it's almost very. It's very old fashioned in a way. Um, and and right before that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like a week before that, there was another tragedy that struck that town because there was a young man, two one or two young men killed in a car wreck. Freshmen in college just graduated high school, something. Yeah, there there was a there was well, yeah, it, there was yeah, that was sad too. Um, it was right about Thanksgiving, and uh, yes, okay, and uh, some people who are local, uh, they lost their son in an automobile accident, and the one driving who survived uh, was actually related to my wife's family, and uh, uh, there were there was another young man in there gravely injured as well but he survived and then there was an a, a woman in another vehicle that they hit and it killed her so there was there was an adult woman who died and then a young i think 18 or 19 year old boy who died and um you know i through family associations and through my former work associations i know them and so um it's really sad and um on top of everything else they lost their house in the tornado so oh it, yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, um, but uh, and it's and when it takes when it hits our area of the country, our area of the world, everybody knows everybody in some way because mm-hmm. we're so small and so rural. So we all, I don't want to say grieve, but we do grieve with them in a sense. Yeah, yeah, you can't and because we're and we're, we're also somehow. we're also parents. 
and we're caring people. We're Christians. We're called to love. Sure. You can't not feel sympathetic pain for someone who has lost a child. You know, we always think, well, parents should always outlive their children, but sometimes it just doesn't happen that way, and that it's 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 uh it's heartbreaking. It really, it really is. I will say that uh, he's a he's a good man. Well, and the, the father is a good man. I mean, he is a really good man, and is dedicated to public service. He's in law enforcement, and I won't say any more than that. But uh, good man. Well, this, I've been asked if I've been asked once, I've been asked a hundred times since this happened. Why? Yeah, it's it's a product of the fall. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's not it's individuals' fault that this happened. No, we're not saying it's a corporate sin issue, but it is from the fact that we live in a fallen world. The fact is that Paul says that the entire universe groans and is in pain because yes. of sin. When when man when Adam fell in the garden, he didn't just curse himself and his bloodline; it was a curse brought upon the entire world. And, and 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 we live in a time. I, I guess it's always been there. We see the false teaching throughout Scripture, but we live in a time where it's all about healings. We call it the health, wealth, and prosperity. Gospel, you know, yeah. you've heard us talk about, it. which is not even the real good but news. Man, you know, I, I just heard something this morning um, from Gabriel Hughes, who does the WWUTT a lot, and I like Gabe, Gabe Hughes and was talking about do you know what the gospel means and 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 the gospel is the good news periodically we are just expressed to you know the good news that there's redemption that there's there's salvation available um but if we don't understand the bad side of it that we are dead in our trespasses right. we are dead we are we are we are in our sin and we are slave enslaved to sin or Held cap. I mean, until that we are redeemed from that and 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 in Christ and salvation, then I mean, it's, there is no good news for us. Yeah, I mean, the good news is not that Jesus came to to give you a better life. The good news is that Jesus came to give you a life, eternal life, instead of damnation, which is what we actually would have of our own accord. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a big and, difference in that, and unfortunately, we sell. The gospel way too short we, I mean the corporate we as in the church in the West, has a tendency to look upon everything as individualistic and everything as how do you how does a person improve themselves? It's a moralistic view of the gospel. The gospel is not that you'll have good morals. The gospel is that you will finally know what morality is because the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to what is his law and his his religion. It's not our religion. Man's religion is always self centered, focused on how does he get to God. Christianity is not a religion. It is the it is the truth that God came down to man because we could never go to him. Well, you and I always say this, and we beat it to a dead horse and kind of, but you're either synergistic or monergistic. Yeah. So you're either man-centered and yeah. a synergistic yeah. where you are the revel the, everything revolves around you and you somehow are the mode of your salvation, or we're monergistic and basically God is the cre is the author of salvation. He's the author of everything. So yeah. you, you you're I mean, what is synergy? The synergy, synergism is what? When two things work together, come together, mm -hmm. it's almost like a synthesis. And you look at the root for the word monergism, you're talking about mono, which means singular. You know, you even think in terms of sound, we can record soundtracks in mono, a single channel system, or in stereo, two channels. Well, with, with salvation, it's a one channel. God does the salvation. It is God's salvation. Even when David prayed in the Psalms, Lord, you know, after his downfall with with adultery and and the murderous abuse of his own captain 
when he comes to repentance, what does he say? Lord, restore unto me the joy of what? Don't we often misquote that? My salvation? It's not what he says. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He says, restore unto me the joy of your salvation, because it's God's. He gives it. He grants it. We don't earn it. But it's always quoted, just how I quote it. I know. My salvation. And I've accidentally said it before, too. Uh, I've even prayed that prayer. Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation, you know, when you're feeling down. And it's it's not that. It's, Lord, give me back the joy that you gave me to begin with. Because I've I've blown it once more, you know. We always used to used to hear it said, and, and I have heard it said, you know, it, I can't keep myself saved because if I could lose my salvation, I'd lose it every day. I'd lose it every time I stub my toe and get angry, right? So, yeah, because that's uh, not warranted yeah. anger. <laughs> and, and I tell you what, we've talked about too, that people look for assurance of salvation and they try to go back to something they did, said, done, you know, did, said, or achieved mm-hmm. and. I mean, you you just got to look to the, all the work as him and move on. I mean, you you have. I mean, it's bigger than that, but I mean, that's it in a nutshell. I, I you know, one of my favorite things to say, and you know, I've talked about it. I I think in churches today, we sell scripture, we dull the edges, and a soft sell of scripture will always lead to false conversions. Sure, it just will. Yeah, I mean, it just. I don't know any other way to put it. I mean, if we're gonna soft sell it and downplay the gospel then false conversions are going to run rampant. When when I worked in my old line of work, uh, when I started out, I worked in corrections. I worked in a prison. And but there was a placard on the wall that said, um, you will respond to the level of training that you have achieved. So when a crisis comes, you respond in kind based on how you've been trained and if you've paid attention and actually practiced those things. If you've practiced those things, you're going to respond correctly the way you were trained. If not, and you were poorly trained or you didn't pay attention and take it seriously, you're going to respond poorly. Guess what? People behave as Christians, as as personal theologians in their life. Their theology of God is based on what you brought them to to begin with. If you brought them to a simple, simple plan of salvation of, hey, say this sinner's prayer, repeat after me, you know, it's almost like raise your right hand and say this oath before you get on the witness stand. Well... When you get on the witness stand before God, you're not going to have anything to say. You're you're going to have everything revealed to you, what you did and what you did not do for his glory. That's if you are truly born again. If you're not, he's going to show you everything you did in your own righteousness and then compare it to one thing. The one man, Paul said, by which he will judge all nations to Christ Jesus. So if we're judged based on Christ's work or based on our work, I don't want God, the Father, to be judging me based on anything I have said or done, including the prayer that when I asked Jesus to save me, that's not me. That I can't do it. So I'm relying on the fact that the Holy well, Spirit has sealed me, right? In the blood of Christ. You you broke the seal last time we last time we recorded. So I'm just going to go say this. How many times have we heard you were there? Yeah. Or it's not what prayer you said, it's who you said it to. That's still bringing it back to you. To you. What did you do? It, yeah, it still brings it back to a man-centered um a man-centered gospel. And I don't know why a lot of the people that, I don't want to call them Armenians because they probably don't even know what Armenia stood for. I mean, a lot of people forget Armenians, thought you could lose your salvation, but this free will aspect of, um, I, I guess I have come to the point in my life, I am thankful based upon scripture that I am not 100% an autonomous, do whatever I want to do, object. I mean, because scripture is very clear that if I'm left to myself, 
I don't want God. Yeah. You know? Yo, we don't. I mean, what, what does scripture not say? No man seeks after God of his yeah. own. Nobody I mean, of his own accord actually seeks God. That's why seeker sensitive churches to make no sense. No one's really seeking. They're seeking something. <laughs> it's in vain, though. Yeah, They're seeking vainly for something to get do what? I'll tell you what it is. Put a little salve over their conscience where they feel bad. Why do they feel bad? They know because every man knows inside he's a sinner. We do know it. We don't know what to do about it, but we know we're sinners. That's why we create religions and cults and everything else. Ah, it's uh, it's something. By by the way, what we, we'll jump over to what we said we was going to talk about. I did finish that. Ah, basic guide to eschatology, Millard Erickson. I did finish it. Um, I know you're reading some stuff too, but yeah, this was actually. A really good presentation for somebody that he, I will not tell you where he landed. He tells you in the last two or three paragraphs of the book, there's a little short one page uh, chapter at the end that tells you where he, where he lands. Um, I actually think that's pretty good. Really? When you told me really? that, and you did tell me what he came across and what, where he said he finally lands. Well, I did because you asked. Yeah, I did, ask. I, I did ask. I did ask. You know, whether I ever read the book or not um, is re- irrelevant. I just kind of wanted to know, so. But he did a good job at presenting um, premillennial, amillennial, and postmillennial. And even he, the one thing he never discusses, he, well, I'm not going to say never. He does a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, fair to say. What, dispensational? He talks about the rapture. Well, okay. no, he talks about dispensational. But when he talks about the rapture, he talks about pre-trib and post-trib predominantly. Okay. He doesn't give a lot of place for mid trib because that's something you don't. Honestly, we you don't, don't have hear as a many. Lot. You don't have as many people that believe that. But he does talk about it, you know. And then he talks about uh, a view on partial rapture. Um. So he goes into it pretty, pretty in depth. Um, is that based but, on? I mean, is that based on a couple of churches mentioned in Revelation three? Uh, you know, I don't remember because. Do you, no, was, do you know uh, why? Because I, I brought it up when I taught. You weren't in my class then, but I taught it, and I, and I mentioned it. There are people who, who would be considered um, premillennial, and they would be considered as someone who believes in, quote, a rapture, based on the word arpazo in the Greek, but they don't view it the way dispensationalists do and some other premillennialists do. They don't view that the entirety of the church is going to be taken out of the world, out of the wrath of God during the time of the Great Tribulation, as they view it, right? They think there is, yeah. a, there, are, there is a portion of godly saints who will escape. They're the Enochs of the world. Like, they're going back to pre-flood uh, Old Testament, right? They're the Enochs who are raptured away. But then you have the, the Noahs, etc., who have to go through it. Some are protected, some are not. Um, and, you know, some will lose their lives, others will not. And they have to they have to endure it. Part of the reason they have to endure it was because, and this is this is the way it is, they weren't doing the works of the church. They weren't godly Christians. <clears throat> so God's not going to reward them with this with the quote secret rapture because they failed to live for him while they had a chance. So now they're going to have to prove their worth by enduring through the through the end. And most of those people are mid trib people, by the way. I don't know if they got into that in that book or not, but not all of them, but most of them no, are mid trib. All right. So there's two guys really that believe there were the mid-trib view, and there's a guy by the name of James Buswell Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Norman Harrison. 
that's kind of the two that when he goes over on this book that he really uh, talks about the mid-trib view. Um, and like I said, he only lays it out in a few pages, uh, five to ten pages. And then he gets into uh, George Lang's view when he wrote in a magazine some many, many, many years ago. I'm, I'm thinking it was middle 1800s or so. Uh, and the partial rapture view and you had asked the question did that come out of revelation and the chapters out of revelation actually they pull it out of the um matthew 24 really in what way you know you you would have to read it they kind of they go into it um a little let me see if i can find a, 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 a um a snippet here to right. read, just a small clip Partial Raps Review, and I'm going to read one of the theological issues uh, recognized by both of these. Here we go. And this is stated uh, by a gentleman by Mr. David. Uh, partial Raps Review this way. The best translation must be grace or reward. Those who expect all in the real church to be translated at once think of translation as holy of grace. Salvation is of grace by grace. You are saved through faith and not of yourselves as a gift of God. But after people are saved, they are rewarded for faithfulness and watchfulness. Repeatedly, believers are warned against the lack of these. In 1 Corinthians 3, verses 14, uh, 14 through 15, we are told of the rewards for the believers. He shall receive a reward. Now as a translation, a reward. We believe that frequent exhortations in Scripture to watch, to be faithful, to be ready for Christ's coming, to live spirit-filled lives, all suggest that translation is a reward. So they that's how they articulate a there's those who are watchful, those who are um, um, what was the other word he used? Faithful. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that will be partially raptured, but it's not all of those, just some of those will be partially raptured. Yeah, that that kind of goes along with what I was talking about. That it, it does that I had I had read about where the view is: why should every person just because they've quote got their ticket punched? I hate to use that term, but you know what I'm saying. Those that are su saved, the Bible describes them as those that are saved just as by fire. In other words, they're barely in heaven. They've done nothing for the kingdom, but they're they're saved. Um, but. I think those people are baby Christians that never got a chance to grow. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't believe you're going to live in Christ for 25 years and be in heaven just as by fire. I think if you're if you're born again on a deathbed conversion or something like that, the, the dying thief, we don't know that he was a thief, probably more likely some other kind of criminal, on the cross uh, says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Does he have any rewards? You know what I'm saying? Sure. He he didn't live a life for Christ. He barely believed in him, but he did just he had just enough faith to get saved. Saving faith was get granted to him, see? And he well, got that. So he's in heaven, but he's not going to be, you know, uh you think of the wife of Zebedee, the mother of James and John, asking Jesus, which put one of my children on your left and one on the right, and which one's it gonna be? And he goes, It's not for me to give, it's for the Father. There are rewards. I just listened to James White in a QA session. From Grace Church, it's an older one. You can tell by his voice he's younger. And he's talking about that. Someone asked the question, are there degrees in heaven? Are there degrees in hell? And he's, yeah, yes, I believe so. And here's why. You know what I mean? We're not all equal. We're not even all gifted equally. But it's what you did with those gifts. Your rewards will be based in part on, first off, 
the giving of God, the grace of God. He'll decide. It's for him to decide, not us. Secondly, it is based on your, your level of service. You know, you shouldn't be promoted at a job if you're just one of those guys that punches in five minutes late every day and you just barely get there on, you know, you're just barely there and you do a passable job. But should you get the promotion to assistant manager? No, it should be based on performance, correct? Why do we expect Absolutely. that we're all equal in the kingdom of heaven? There's nothing that says we're equal in the kingdom of heaven. In fact, there's lots of hints yeah. at it that we are not rewarded the same. Jesus' own kingdom parables point that out. We're not going to be rewarded the same. And and that's for the saved, not just the lost, but the lost as well. Why is that? Again, I used this reference before, and oddly enough, John MacArthur used the same one. I'm not saying I'm right because John MacArthur agrees with me, nor am I saying MacArthur's right because presumptuously I agree with him. But he did use the same reference as me, which is when G- when Jesus talks about it would be better, it's going to be easier for Sodom and Gomorrah in the time of judgment than it would be for these villages here in Galilee and and in Judea because they've seen the kingdom and they've denied it. You see what I'm saying? Sure. So it's, as John MacArthur says, it's based on your level of knowledge of the gospel. If you're one of those apostate Christians, it's going to be worse for you in hell than it would be for someone who lived on a desert island and never heard the gospel. Why would God punish them to the same level as you? Because you've heard the gospel, claimed to believe it, and denied it. Rejected the power of it. So yeah, I can can understand the whole partial... rapture thing. I used to think it was kind of silly, but I can understand it if you're going to go that route. I can see where they're getting that from, because I do believe the idea of rewards, in both in heaven and even on this earth today, they're God's to give, and it's up to Him, and the only deciding factor we have at all is, what did you do with what I gave you? And you get those parables of, the master gives all the servants these things to do, and one man makes, let's just say, say he increases it a hundredfold. Why wouldn't the master give him more reward than the one who just stuck it under his pillow and did nothing with it? Yeah, it's... It goes back to, uh, you don't hide a light under a bushel, right? You don't hide the gospel. You go and proclaim the gospel. And like I said, it is a book I recommend. He covers... It sounds intriguing. He covers it really, really well. There is one other thing. Of course, I'm reading Gerhardus Voss right now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm still verdict out on that one, which I like Gerhardus <laughs> Voss. Let's be, yeah, oh yeah, let's yeah. be clear. Legit. I mean, legit theologian. There is one more that I'm going to recommend as far as for church history buff. We've kind of, um, we've been back and forth here um, on Twitter with some church history stuff on who is um, someone good to read. Yeah. Uh, and recommended by Dr. James White is by Dr. Needham. Uh, he's a British, lives in um, Scotland, and it is um, a four-volume set on church history, working through 2,000 years of Christ. Uh, and so uh, that is on the radar very, very quickly for me to get is is that um, I actually founded a Christian book. Oh, well, good deal. Well, since you brought up James White, let me say that I have begun reading in the last few days The Forgotten Trinity, Recovering the Heart of Christian Belief by James White. I got it uh, earlier this year when I when I got, uh, when I ordered from ChristianBook.com. We're just a constant advertisement for them, aren't we? Uh, we When I ordered the King James Only Controversy Revised Edition, and I devoured it as soon as I got it, I loved it. 
Uh, this one, I'm going I through. That one. I like that one. I'm going through it much slower than I did that because I'm doing something I don't often do. I'm underlining. I'm highlighting. I'm I'm taking notes on this book. So I've only gotten through the first three chapters. I've only gotten through. The last chapter was was God, a brief introduction, <laughs> and the next chapter four will be the prologue of John, and it, he's called it, he calls it a masterpiece, the prologue of John. So I'm looking forward to starting that up. I'll probably wait till uh, beginning of next week. Well, I get did back. crinkle it up the water, didn't it? It did. You see that? I'm sorry. Yeah, I can see it. When my when my basement flooded, I went down to rescue my books, and I this was on the I had a stack of books lying flat. This was on top of it. As I picked my stack up, it fell off. I was in the dark anyway. I had no electricity. It fell off in the water. And my 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 daughter's boyfriend was down there, and he heard me, he heard me groan. He goes, what happened? I said, I dropped this book that I haven't even read, brand new, and now it's 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 wavy looking. It, it wasn't just damaged. The, the pages weren't aren't weren't waterlogged. They're not stuck together. They did they didn't yellow. It didn't it didn't move the binding or not because it's a glued down binding paperback. But it just it crinkled it. I, I I can't wait to finish this book and get you a verdict on it, and then loan it to you because I think you'll like it. Um, also, during the Advent season from December first to December twenty fourth, I read Sinclair Ferguson's "Love Came Down at Christmas," which oh, was Sinclair. which was actually had a, had a blurb on there that had a recommendation from MacArthur himself. Um, but um, first book by by Ferguson I've ever read. Uh, short book, easy to read. But um, interesting. He he mentions a personal remembrance of uh, R.C. Sproul. This was published shortly after Sproul's death, and he mentions a, a personal remembrance of Sproul. Sproul loved Christmas, and um, that um, I um, I also received this in the mail yesterday. Can you see that? I I'm waiting on mine. <laughs> MacArthur Daily Bible in the New American Standard. This is a a leatherette. It's a fake leather, but it's uh, it's got that comfort print. Oh, Turner, let me see it. It's got that comfort print. Oh yeah. What this will be, and I'm going to do it, Chalen. And I, you're getting the same thing, is that right? I'm waiting on it. Yes. Uh, listener Tim told me he had his ordered as well. This will be a project for me in the coming year, January first, which which is tomorrow. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah, tomorrow. So Saturday, tomorrow. I'm going to read the first reading. Uh, how it's set up is you get some psalm, some proverb, a bit of Old Testament, and a bit of New Testament that he has selected. He's he's reading you through the Bible uh, with a chunk every day from all four of those areas. The psalms, the proverbs, the Old Testament, and the New Testament. And I'm excited to do it that way. I've honestly never read the Bible that way. I've heard him recommend it, that that's how he does his daily Bible reading. But, I mean, I, I've just never done it yeah. that way. So I'm going to try this. I'm going to I'm going to see. The last time I tried to I'm, do it, to, to do a, a, an annual reading was in 2019, and with uh, when I got uh, when I got the MacArthur Study Bible. And as you know, I got bogged down in the Gospels and, it, and Acts, and it sent me on a rabbit trail. And I bought some commentaries and stuff. So I never finished reading my New American well, Standard. I've still never read the entirety of the New American Standard. And this way, I'm going to be able to do it. Well, I'm going to plug one more thing, and we can bring her to a close. Sure. I think that'll our editing and you see how it goes and we can check it. There is a book coming out uh, and I'm going to tag him when this drops uh, by a gentleman from master seminary, Peter Sammons. Uh, He has written a book that I believe is coming out sometime in January of this year of 2022, uh, actually of next year 
considering today. It's reprobation and God's sovereignty. And he's using Romans 9 as his uh, guiding text. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to reading this. And he, he uses it and um, he, he, he just basically is going to offer a, a, a defense of reprobation as an essential part of Reformed theology, from my understanding. And so I'm looking forward to it. The other oh, thing yeah, I'm going to plug good. is I, sh- I, I showed this to you, but I can't give a how the book is because I can't even, it's not out yet. You know, I know a few people, Phil Johnson <laughs> and some of the people that are only, you know, so I can't, but I really want to read it because you and I talked about this. It's, it's when you start dealing with that and so I'm really wanting to read this book. The other thing I've got that I'm going to a uh, gentleman on Twitter that I have become, I guess, Twitter friends with, or whatever you want to say, Jared Payne. He owns a um, ceramic coffee cup company called the Pilgrim's Coffer. Yes. And I am drinking this morning <laughs> from my Charles Haddon Spurgeon coffee mug. Yes. And he has some other ones that are beautiful that say we preach Christ. Uh, it looks so like I, a hefty you, mug too. Does it hold quite a bit? Oh, it is. It's that's a big sixteen ounce mug. See, that's I'm what I like. I like coffee. the big roomy coffee cups because I don't like to have a six or six or eight ounce cup of coffee. I like to have anywhere from a twelve to a twenty four ounce cup of coffee. So, <laughs> so it it it, it really is. Um, it, it's really been enjoyable. I got it just before Christmas. Thank you, Jared. I, I appreciate it. It's too uh, bad we're not doing video for the podcast itself. They they well, can see it. We might get there. If Jared if Jared ever listens to this and he wants to come on and talk about his business. Sure. Open this, invitation. I, I mean, it is an open invitation. You let us know. We'll set you up with a, a meeting link and we'll, we'll all get connected. And you may have to look at our poor pitiful faces. <laughs> um, but uh, but we would love to talk to you about it. And because I, I, I'd like to hear the story. I'd like to hear the story, frankly. I mean, because this, this mug, I mean, is... Man, I did, I was ecstatic to get this thing. I mean, and uh, and I'll tell you, I'll plug who who got it, who I saw with it was um, Bill Johnson. Yeah. Uh, he had a picture of drinking it and then that uh, drinking out of the mug. And then that led me to who in the world makes that mug. And I, lo and behold, I found the Pilgrim's Coffer and Jared. And here we are. I mean, I'm drinking out of it and love it. So that's awesome. The internet has shrunk the world, hasn't it? It's easier to hook up with people now and talk to them. I, I shouldn't use the term hook up, but you know what I mean. Meet up with people online. Um, yeah, that that it, would take a different turn with uh, this generation. It really now. could. Yeah, hook up could mean something totally different. But but it but but it, but it is interesting. The internet has made has made the world a smaller place. Um, Chaylen, I miss having you in studio, as it were. Oh, we're uh, getting ready. To, we got to get back in studio. But you know as well as I do with the way life is with two young yeah. girls. Yeah. Um, basketball. Hey, I'm thankful that the technology is there that we can do this. Me too. Bear with us. We are getting better at this. We'll, you know, I'm eventually probably going to add a different USB mic, a boom mic, but still I'd least want to be in the studio at more than 50% of the time face to face. Yeah. Because I think we've got some more stuff we want to do the incoming year. We'd like to have, I think we talked about this. If I jump the gun, please tell me, but I think we want to have Dan back in because we yeah. just caught such a snapshot of his life yeah true and the more i learned about him the more i'm like wow i want to hear some more about how this all worked out and you know 
this little boy from Texas, you know, yeah, kind of like a little band from Texas, and he ends up in <laughs> today's <Madisonville>. hombres. <laughs> he, he ends up in Madisonville. I know, as a youth pastor, and he embraces the role. He never wanted to be a. I don't want to say that. I don't want to put words. He embraces the role. His call was to youth ministry, and he's been in for thirty plus years, and he is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I want to say it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It was and, an uh, it was an enjoyable episode, and and then we and we actually recorded two back to back that day. We had Jonathan in. We, we had did, Jonathan. We did some stuff on well on eschatology. It seems like we always seem to come back to eschatology in some form or fashion. It's it goes well, all the way back I, to the beginning of the program when we started doing the Americanization of the gospel, and that's basically the problem with the American <laughs> gospel is it's a form of escapism, just like everything about our society is entertain me and escape, make help me escape my life. Uh, I don't know that we're called to escape anything. We're actually called to endure, endure torture, the torture of this life. I mean, look, there's pleasure and enjoyment in this life. God has granted it that way. He's gracious. He's good to us. But we're also called to suffer as he suffered, the sufferings of Christ, yeah. and that they're, they are a joy to us. You know, I mean, no one wants to be beaten. No one wants to be hated. No one wants to be locked in jail. No one wants to be martyred. But the fact is, if we're called to do it, we should do it with joy because the reward is not here on earth. The reward is in heaven, and we serve something much higher than 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 what anyone else on this planet serves in their political and social form and their religion. We serve a king, the king of all kings, the lord of all lords, the god of glory manifest to us. You know, the thing about Christmas, I'm, I'm sorry that we didn't get to go over Isaiah like we wanted to, is that I do think we need to do that this coming year. And... We'll record it earlier in the year so that we can have it in the bank for when this happens. So that if some something else were to happen, like a fluke storm or whatever, we would have it already recorded. But you know, God willing. But uh, the in, we we didn't get to say this, and I, I, no one loves Christmas more than I do. So I thought I would say this: the incarnation of Christ. That is God made flesh. He came and became a man and lived among us. That, it just gives me chills and blows my mind. And I'm not talking about Hallmark movies, and I'm not talking about Christmas trees and cookies and all the other things and the presents you give your family. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the the, the gift of love that God gave us at Christmas is that he loved us enough, as John 3, 16 says, he sent his only begotten son, and then whoever believes in him will not perish and will have eternal life. That's the gospel right there. That's the gospel of Christmas. And I don't know of any other way we could end other than that. Yep. Happy New Year, Traylon. <laughs> Happy New Year. God to, bless everybody. That's right. To all our listeners, we love you. Praying for you. And we're especially praying for those victims of the tornadoes in those five states. We love you and you're in our prayers. Thank you very much. And until next year, God bless. And we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. All right.